Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota Wild Hockey, here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. I'm solo once again today, but the return of my co-host, Neil Natog Thiessen, is getting ever and ever closer. So very good news letting you guys know about that. Neil Natog Thiessen will return again and like to have him in studio instead of over the phone. Would be a much higher quality show. In fact, when you listen back to them when he was here in studio in the past, those shows were pretty damn good. So... There you go. Um, well, it was a... <laughs> well, the, I predicted the Wild would go 1-2 and two this week. I was correct, but a couple of the games flip-flopped. So, as per usual, the first segment we will review the past week. And then, of course, in segment number two, it'll be the previews into the following week. And then, of course, segment number three, our North Stars memory. So, yep, I'm going to be doing that from now on. Getting back to that, I'm glad... <laughs> to have the North Stars a part of the show, at least briefly, once again. And a brief checkup with the Iowa Wild. A couple of players are starting to step up down there, and it's encouraging. So the past week, more encouraging than they have been. It seems like it was just dead man walking down there for the longest time. But now, little hints and signs of some of the prospects in the Wild showing some improvement. So, it's time to get into this past week, though, and... A horrible start to the week, of course. Uh, the Wild head to Dallas. Seems like they never win there. In fact, they just pretty much never do. I remember last year when they finally did win there for the first time since 2003, I believe. Like, yeah, 2003 is like ancient history. How long ago it was. But it's like they're starting a new losing streak in Dallas, I guess. Uh, a 4-0 to loss. The Wild basically didn't show up in eerily similar performance a week earlier. Of course, this was Monday, January the 20th, no, Tuesday, January the 21st, literally a week later than the horrible, lifeless 3-0 loss of the Ottawa Senators at home. This one was at least on the road, but still a very similar approach. The Wild basically came out flat from the get-go, and that was pretty much all she wrote. I mean, the Wild didn't even show up. It was a complete joke. 
lifeless garbage. I uh, don't really want to say too much about this, other than it just looked like, I guess they looked like the Wild in Dallas in the past in a lot of ways. But more goals given up. <laughs> I mean, this was just garbage. Uh, only 18 shots on goal by the Minnesota Wild. Carey letting in an easy shutout for him. Um, very frustrating indeed. Dallas Stars scoring four goals in this game. Just ridiculous. And a penalty shot also. Jordy Ben just to rub it in even deeper, making it 4 nothing later on. His second goal of the year, penalty shot, or on the penalty shot, Ray Whitney, the old school veteran, getting his sixth goal in the game. Eric Cole with his 14th on the power play. The Wild were undisciplined on everything. Vernon Fiddler got things started about six and a half minutes into the game. And you could just feel it. You could just feel the Wild weren't going to come back and make this interesting. And of course, they did not. Uh, in the three-game series so far, the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars are tied no, the Wild actually, excuse me, this is a four-game series. It gets confusing. <laughs> some teams you play three times, some teams you play four, some teams you play twice. Uh, obviously, the East is all twice, but, um, well, this is a division rival. What am I talking about? So it should be four. Uh, the Wild, well, the Wild are up two games to one right now, so that's very encouraging. So hopefully a chance for the Wild to win the season series in Dallas on March 8th. My brother's 30 Sixth birthday already. Jeez. Well, there it is. March 8th. <laughs> um, don't like the way the Wild play in Dallas historically. It's not been good. The Wild luckily did take care of business in their two home games against the Stars this season. So that's the good news. The bad news is, yeah, you know, there's that awful payback. And that's what this game was. Um, it's like the Wild in general have been playing pretty darn well. But they tend to have these these weird hiccups along the way. <laughs> Obviously, Ottawa last week, Dallas this week. They had another one not too long ago, which was just like, what the heck? Um, well, actually, no. Ottawa was the first major, like, what the hell type of loss <laughs> before that. Because, the, well, the Colorado game on Saturday, January 11th, at least the Wilds scored. But So, generally, in January this year, the Wilds have been playing significantly better. Point made. Let's move on to Thursday, January the 23rd. A game that I thought was probably going to be a loss. But there's always a chance because it was a home game and the Wild have been playing decent against Chicago this year. Pretty decent. And the Minnesota Wild are able to get a regulation victory against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's right. No shootout loss or no no shootout or overtime necessary for the Minnesota Wild. A 2-1 to one victory in a goalies duel, I guess you could say. And the Wild win the season series against the Chicago Blackhawks. They are up 3-1 to one overall in the series. And that is just unbelievable. They will conclude it in Chicago on April the 3rd. So long ways off. But the Wild have officially won the season series against the Chicago Blackhawks. And a lot of people in this town very excited about the possibility of the Minnesota Wild upsetting the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round. Because that's exactly who the Wild would play today. Minnesota would be seed number seven. Chicago would be seed number one, uh, two. So, interesting. Interesting possibility. Because I remember last year the Blackhawks just rolled right over the, the, the Wild. I think the Wild snuck out one victory against the, the Blackhawks. Um, we weren't division rivals just yet, but you could just feel it, it was going to come. <laughs> uh, just a nice little win for the Wild. Matt Cook scoring a goal. And a nice feed by Fontaine and Brasiak getting the rebound and such. 
Uh, Pommonville, actually, the really nice feed was the whole Heatley and Granlin thing. Heatley's continually setting up some nice goals. He's really carving out a niche as a solid veteran on this team. Zach Parisi being back. The lines are interesting again now. Um, the one line that's pretty much been constant all year, and you know, and that's the line number three, for the most part. Kyle Brozniak did see some time on the fourth line for a while, but now it's, yeah, it's Brozniak, Fontaine, and Cook. They were able to score. Hmm. Cook's seventh goal of the year, uh, late in the first, but that was six minutes after uh, Pominville's beauty. His 20th goal of the year, so he's the first Minnesota Wild player to get 20 goals on the season. The new second line, now that things again been jumping around all over the place, uh, Koivu, no, no, what am I talking about? Granlin, Heatley, and Pominville. That's not a bad combination. Niederreiter is now on the first line with Coyle and Parisi. A very intriguing first line. Looked very good in this game. Nice little, nice little group there. Uh, it's been working out pretty good so far. Obviously, they haven't been together very long, but it looks good. I mean, it looks good. They haven't scored yet, but it looks good. <laughs> it's encouraging. That's the good part. They've they got some nice chances. So that's the good part. Uh, Zucker moved down to the fourth line now. Eric Halla still the fourth line center, and I pretty much say leave him there. What's what's the point of uh, what's the point of sending Eric Halla back down to to Iowa? I I just I don't think there's a point. Yeah, I think he's a nice fourth line center right now. Keep him here. He's progressing in a nice way. Not bad, and I'm very cool. Good idea, I think, for the Wild to have him there. What's what's the point? Obviously, you got rid of Zen and Kanapka. Uh, Rupp is kind of like in and out of the lineup. He, you know, he can play wing as well. So yeah, let's just leave that alone there. Very encouraging game for the Wild. Very exciting. Zucker, even though he was only on the fourth line and only played nine and a half minutes, was able to get three shots on goal. So that also very cool to see. Not necessarily the best scoring chances in the world, but hey, keep keep at it. They're gonna they're gonna start going in. That's what a lot of us do like about Jason Zucker. Indeed, he is an offensive-minded player in a big way. So into the Shark Tank, the Wild go on Saturday, January the twenty-fifth. Uh, well, we got a point out of it. That's the good news. The bad news is it was a loss, a overtime loss, not a shootout loss, an overtime loss. Fun game, nice, encouraging start. Really felt good about it going in. I mean, not not good about it like, oh, we're going to beat them. But the way the game started and the pace things were going, it looked like the Wild had this thing. Uh, Darcy Kumper has been in goal all week, he, and he's been doing a pretty good job for the most part <laughs> until that overtime goal. But um, a very encouraging start. Kumper was stopping everything, and... The Wild getting two goals, <laughs> going up 2 nothing in this game. Matt Cook getting a turnover and going all the way. Scoring his eighth goal of the year. Second night in a row with a goal for Matt Cook. Very exciting. Second go- uh, game in a row, anyway, for Matt Cook. Very exciting to see that. Uh, it was a good play. Got a lot of us excited, like, ooh, the Wild strike, draw blood first in, in San Jose. This could get very interesting. Because you figure San Jose scores first, the Wild probably... Don't come back and win. You just figure the Sharks just carry the momentum and win the game. And this was very much a momentum type of game. <laughs> Keith Ballard scoring his first goal of the year on a wonderful feed from Mikhail Granlin and Jason Pominville. They set up that goal nicely and Ballard was able to bury it as he does while getting things set up. Ballard 
you know, doing what defensemen do, <laughs> releasing that shot and putting it in, mainly trying to get it on net. But of course, hey, it went in. It was because it went. It was a good play overall. Very nice to see Ballard get his first goal of the season. He's got a few assists on the year. So, for a guy that hadn't, hadn't been playing too well, nice to see this happen. That's a good break for him. Hopefully can build some confidence for Mr. Ballard, the former gopher great. Unfortunately, though, about six minutes later, the tides turned, and they turned for good, as all the big big boys of San Jose took over this game. Amazingly, Joe Thornton, only his seventh and eighth goals on the year, when he scored two of them. Patrick Marlowe getting his 22nd of the season. Uh, I mean, when the whole momentum just changed dramatically in about a 43-second period, uh, it was very disappointing. About midway through the second period. Goes from a 2-0 game on the road for the Wild to suddenly things are all knotted up, and you could just feel it. You could just feel the negativity taking over. Uh, Comfort stopped everything he could that came his way. The rest of the second and into the third the Wild had a few chances, but it just seemed like the Sharks were containing, were, I mean, were controlling the, the overall momentum of the game at this point. It was disappointing. Oh, boy, the Wild had such a strong start. They were opportune, you know, they are opportune in their, in their chances, and all of a sudden, all that just kind of went up in smoke. And, like, once the Sharks gain momentum in their house, it's like, forget about it. San Jose Sharks are able to go on and win their sixth consecutive game. Joe Thornton getting what I would call a pretty soft goal. I mean, I don't know. I think Kemper could have gotten that one. I mean, Thornton was just putting it on net. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously once in a while they go in, and this one did, but it was like a kind of get the puck on net and get things set up here, maybe try to get a rebound or something, catch him, catch uh, off guard or bad bounce, lucky bounce, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. But it just went right over. Cumber's shoulder, and it's like, doggone it. I mean, I, hopefully Cumber didn't take too much of a a com, uh, dash to his confidence. Obviously, you're going to lose some games and such, but a couple of these goals in this game were just kind of like, they were so quick and so sudden, and it's just like, ah, oh, really? So, not the best game, definitely not the best game for Darcy Cumber. And after such a strong start, and, he, and overall awesome against the Chicago Blackhawks, in fact, he was as good as it gets in that game. Faced a lot of pressure from those Blackhawks and had a shutout going against Chicago until about 53 seconds left in the game. A really, really unbelievable game for him there. Looks really strong going into San Jose, but again, just those real quick goals. It was very, very disappointing. There were defensive breakdowns as well, but they were kind of, sort of softies, so it bugged me a little bit. Um, I, I Whatever. You, you win some, you lose some. At least the Wild got half of the points they uh, could have gotten in this three-game stretch. Three out of six. So, that's the good news. I mean, with such a tough schedule overall, I mean, going into Dallas, even though they're not a good team, is not a very easy win, even though I picked them to win the game. Chicago's never easy, and of course, in the Shark Tank is never, ever easy. In fact, I think they're about as hard to beat on the road as, as Anaheim Ducks. Can't really remember the Wild winning in San Jose... Or in Anaheim. And unfortunately, Anaheim is really pretty much... Uh, yeah, Anaheim's next on the docket here for the Minnesota Wild. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> in the next segment. But before I jump the gun here, like I did on last episode, we better get to the 
Awards for the week, award and demerit, we'll call it. Award and demerit. <laughs> the Mike Madonna Award, it's kind of, well, I'm going to give it to Matt Cook. You get two consecutive goals. Both of them were very momentum-building, very, very exciting goals for the Minnesota Wild. You know, it's never the prettiest thing in the world, but he got the job done, and he got the team going in the right direction in both cases. Matt Cook deserving a lot of credit there. And he, he gets the Mike McDonald Award for two goals. Very cool. The James Shepard Memorial, I don't, I don't want to give it to Comfort, even though he didn't look too good in the San Jose game in the second half. It's like I want to. It's like going to be a back-to-back thing, and I know this is lame, but I got to do it. In, in the Dallas game, I'm giving it to the whole team because just the the whole team in general in that one. The whole team came out flat, and yeah, Cumber was pretty lame in that game too. Um, completely flat game for the Minnesota Wild. So that one, you're overall going to give it to the James Shepard to the whole team for that game in general. That was a joke, complete throwaway, whatever. Um. That's where we're going to go. So I didn't go with an individual for the second straight week. That's kind of bad, but got to do what you got to do. Hopefully the Wild can avoid those those just absolute, ugh, just absolute egg-laying performance in back-to-back weeks. It's terrible. So, all right, we will take the quick break, and we're going to start talking about those Anaheim Ducks and so on and so forth right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And welcome back to Brave the Wild. It is time for... The preview segment, we have a very, very crucial week coming up yet again against Western Conference teams. Very familiar uh, format as to last week, to be honest, except unfortunately pretty much all on the road here. In fact, yeah, they are all on the road. We'll be previewing three games like last week again. We'll wrap up the month of January and open the month of February with the Calgary Flames. Of course, we got we are heading to Anaheim and Colorado coming up here. Tuesday, January the 28th, the Minnesota Wild head to Anaheim. Yeah, I I don't like it. No, I really don't. That's the number one record in the league, and the Wild have not played well against Anaheim anyway, pretty much forever. The Anaheim Ducks are 39-10-5. They are number one in all of hockey. Better record than the Chicago Blackhawks. The one good thing, though, about the Wild and Anaheim this year uh, well, way back in uh, on October 5th, like second game of the season, I believe, something like that, the Wild lose only 4-3. to three. It was a home game. 
the Wilds did get a point out of it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they lost. That's the disappointing part, but at least snuck a point out of it. And in Anaheim, the Minnesota Wild hold the Ducks to only two goals, and the Wild get one. That was December the 11th, if I didn't say it already. So in both cases, the Wild played extremely close against the Anaheim Ducks. That's the encouraging part. The bad news is, like I just had another loss. A loss is a loss, and I'm not real confident going into Anaheim. Um, It would really suck to see the Wild get swept. It wouldn't be a clean sweep because, of course, as mentioned, Wild did get a point out of the uh, real early game there. This is a three-game series between the Wild and Anaheim for the season. This is the wrap-up right here. Should the Wild win this thing, they win the series. because Actually, no, they don't. No, they don't. The Wild have already lost the series. Pardon me. But they'd make it a lot closer. <laughs> they'd make it an overtime loss away from winning it. Um, overtime win away from winning it. Whatever the word is. But uh, I'm just not confident going into this one. They're a good team, but... Oof, uh, they're so good. And, yeah, like, I mean, all the way back to the very first game the Wild ever played in Anaheim, it's just the Wild always lose there. It's just the duck pond in this case. They have, pretty much have everything. Uh, It's just all over the place. There's so much talent in in Anaheim. It's not even funny. There's youth, there's age, there's everything. You got Ryan Getzloff with 60 points, Corey Perry with 57, Nick Boninos with 40. Oh, and then there's other players on the team as well, second line, that are scoring as well, doing their thing. And then you have the <laughs> veteran goalie, Jonas Hiller, who's still very, or yeah, was very solid, averaging about, well, yeah, he's got a 2.34 goals against average, save percentage, not, well, yeah, save percentage is uh, 91.5, so that's actually pretty good. And their backup goalie has actually been, Freaking ridiculous! Frederick Anderson <laughs> is thirteen and two on the year. Jonas Hiller is twenty nine and six, by the way. But Frederick Anderson, I don't know if I want. To, I, I'd rather have Jonas Hiller. Trust me, uh, I would at this point. <laughs> Frederick Anderson's goals against average is one point eight seven, and he's he's played in fifteen games on the year. So I mean, thirteen and two. I mean, that's extremely good. Jonas Hiller's got four shutouts on the year as well, so even though his goals against average, not the greatest thing in the world. Still, obviously, a guy who can shut down people. Anaheim's got offense, they got defense, they have goaltending, they have everything. Wild lose, unfortunately. We're going to go with a... I'm going to go 3-2 to two in this one. I think the Wild do find a way to score a couple times. Well, if it's Frederick Anderson, I'll say 3-1. to one. If it's Jonas Hiller, we'll go 3-2. to two. Anaheim wins either way. Three goals against Darcy Kemper or Nicholas Backstrom, I'd be a little worried if it was Backstrom against this team, but uh, either way, again, the Wild cannot win this one. I think they're just too gosh darn tough. It would be quite an awesome momentum builder if the Wild were to somehow win this thing. Maybe Darcy Cumper goes in, gets a shutout. Wouldn't that be kick-ass? Oh, I would be so happy. But I'm not going to pick it, so it's a it's a I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. <laughs> you know, do you, do you blame me? No, there's no way you could. Uh, Thursday, January 30th, wrapping up the month of January in Denver, Colorado. Uh, it's kind of been an up-and-down series of the Wild and the Avalanche. Uh, Avalanche are good again, like I keep saying. It's, it sucks. A few points ahead of the Wild. In fact, I'm not sure if the Wild can catch them. Eh, man, this is a five-game series. The Wild will be wrapping up a five-game series that they have lost officially because a 3-1 to one 
loss at home, a 3-2 overtime loss in Colorado, a 2-1 victory in December against Colorado. That felt really good in the shootout, though, but still, that was one of the momentum changers right there. It was very cool. And then that disappointing home loss against Colorado. That was a really, really disappointing game back on January 11th, just a couple weeks ago here. Really disappointing game. Um, I don't really think the Wild are going to win this one. I'd like to. I'd like to believe it. Actually, no. No, I am going to go with a Minnesota Wild win. I'm going to go with a win. Um, the Wild actually played extremely well in Colorado this year, to be honest. It's at home, or the Wild have really laid an egg against the Avalanche. I'm going to go with a shootout win in this one. No, 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 no. That's too simple. Uh, it's, what's crazy is, though, the Wild have gone to the shootout both times they've been in Colorado. And uh, Colorado took the first. The Wild took the second. A, two weeks later, about two weeks later or so, 16 days later, the Wild took it. I'm going to go with a 3-2 to two regulation victory for the Minnesota Wild in Colorado. It would be pretty awesome. <laughs> it really would. Uh... I had a half a mind to pick a loss, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, the Wild have played well there. They played better than at home, so I'm going to take the chance for a Minnesota Wild victory in this one. Obviously, the Avalanche, lots of talent, lots of young talent along the way. Their goalie, Vlarmov, oh, he can be kind of a... <laughs> he's an interesting one. I'm actually more worried about John Sebastian Jaguer. Vlarmov can be a little cocky, but he's he's got some talent, obviously. Uh, John Sebastian Jaguer, the history against the Wild is unbelievably bad. Um, his overall stats on the year, not as good as Vlarmov's. And really, Vlarmov and Jaguar's stats for the season have not been all that great, but Jaguar, oh boy, I, I, I really hope the Wild don't have to deal with him. The Avalanche can have Matt, Matt Duchesne, Lanskog, Paul Stansny, Ryan O'Reilly, all this talent. I remember Ryan O'Reilly really with that just a back-breaking goal against the Wild. Of course, former gopher Eric Johnson is a part of this Avalanche team. He's got 20 points in 51 games. Been, been moving up a bit in Colorado. A uh, a tough team that they, they just find a way to score against us, especially at home. I mean, just hope the Wild don't come out flat in this one. It's a winnable game, and the Wild have got to win it, quite frankly. They have to win this game, honestly. Um, yes, the Wild are a few games ahead of Phoenix for the, uh, the wild card spot. And we're even actually ahead of Vancouver a little bit. We're in the uh, the upper wild card out of the two. So that's the good news. But Wild can win a game like this. be really, really encouraging. Really big confidence builder going into uh, the, several, uh, the next several weeks here. Uh, very, very important. You've got to win this game. And I think the Wild do pull it out, believe it or not. I'll go with a 3-2 to two win. I'd have half a mind to pick a shootout type of game. But <laughs> being these teams do play pretty well. Uh, in general, uh, against each other, it's a pretty entertaining matchup. Again, just it's one of those games where you just uh, you just hope and pray the Wild don't come out flat because it's, they they just they very well might if they say uh, they get their confidence dashed in uh, Anaheim real bad. It might be an ugly one. So we'll see. It's on you, Mike. Yo, it's on you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a little mean. Saturday. Boy, the Wild like to play on uh, Saturdays and Tuesdays, don't they? But yeah, Saturday, February the 1st, and Thursdays. <laughs> Saturday, February the 1st, the Minnesota Wild head to Calgary, Alberta to play the Flames. Uh, I do believe this is the first time we've played this year. I gotta think so. It's been a, you know, <laughs> we're going to the Saddle Dome. The Wild, actually, yeah, that's right. We played Calgary back in November 5th. 
at home. The Wild punched or beat the crud out of Calgary. Very exciting win for them. 5-1 to one victory. The Wild's history in the Saddle Dome hasn't been all so hot, but I'll go with the win in this one. I hope the Wild can win. I've always liked the Calgary Flames. I love their logo. Uh, I don't, I've don't. i never liked like the, the Aginlas and such. I mean, it's a pain in the butt watching him beat the Wild, but he's no longer there. The Flames seem to like, it seems like they're always in rebuilding mode. I mean, back in the day, in the early 90s and in the 80s, man, they were always a really tough, deadly team. The North Stars never beat them. But as the 90s rolled on, and ever since pretty much with an occasional good year here and there, like 2004 when they went all the way to the finals with the eighth seed, Calgary Flames have been really crud. And, and it's kind of a shame. Because I know I, I know there are people from Calgary that listen to this show. And of course, this is no offense. And I know, I mean, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm getting at. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Michael Camilleri's back there. He's a, he struggled in Montreal, but has always been pretty good for the Flames. But overall, yeah, the, the, the Islanders, what am I talking about? The uh, Calgary Flames have been in rebuilding. Yuri Hudler leading the way big time in Calgary. In fact, pretty much just about doubling the rest of the team in scoring <laughs> with 40 points in 52 games. Very strong season for him. He's a veteran now. He's just, uh, well, he's 30 now. He's just recently turned 30. Flames are kind of in a tough spot right now. They're... Well, they need to get some prospects. And they've, they've had a few the past couple of years, but they need to get some more. It's going to be a, a long process. I think it's because they kept trying to go with the win-now approach and you know trying to bring in all these free agents all the time. And it's stunted the growth of this team. Um, and I, I guess that'll be to the Wilds' benefit, or so it should be to the Wilds' benefit going into Saturday night in the Saddle Dome, the Sea of Red. My second favorite hockey team right now is the Calgary Flames. Back in the day, back in the day, they were my third favorite behind the Hartford Whalers and the North Stars. Or North Stars number one, Whalers second. But <laughs> always kind of had a soft spot for the Flames, even though, again, the Ginla era kind of pissed me off. <laughs> uh, old Kippersoff, he's no longer there either. Kind of strange not seeing Kippersoff in net, but he had been on the decline the past several years, uh, past couple anyway. Kari Ramo leading the way right now with a 2.81 goals against average. He's the only goalie on the Calgary Flames out of the three they've had. Joey McDonald, who got his butt kicked by the Wild, and uh, Red O'Bara. Both have goals against average over three and save percentages under 90. So, well, Kari Ramo, I guess he's the guy for now. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> he's a young-looking dude, kind of like Darcy Kumper. But, yeah, I think the Wild pull this one off 4-2. to 4-2 to victory in the Sea of Red, which would be a, actually a fairly nice win. Uh, Ramo, not nearly as young as he looks, though. <laughs> he's like 20, uh, gosh, he's 20, he's going to be 28 soon. That's crazy. Huh? I guess he just looks young, whatever. Well, Flames are going to hope he's going to show some signs here. He could be like a Josh Harding for them. So, they're going to have to hope for that at this point. Uh I'd like to see the Flames get better. Not 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 to beat us, but yeah, better would be nice. So that's where things will stand. Minnesota Wild, in my humble opinion, go two and one this week. It's that Colorado game. That's the that's the X factor. The Anaheim game is pretty much a guaranteed loss, and the Calgary game is a probably should win type of game. A a should win. A should win type of game. So it's all about the Colorado game. 
if the Wild have a good week or not overall. So with that, we'll take our break, and it's on to the North Stars Memory and the Iowa Wild Checkup. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Welcome back to Brave the Wild, the final segment for this week. We are ready to talk about the North Stars memory. And, well, eh, I'm going to try to come in with something fairly interesting here. Uh, Well, Minnesota Wild have never had a 100-point scorer. In their history, and they've really never come close. Zach, they even had we even had a ninety-point score in our history, but the North Stars did have a couple guys get to a hundred. Now nobody, they didn't really ever have like a consistent hundred-point guy like the Lemieux, the Gretzky's, uh, guys like that. You know, elite studs. Uh, Joe Sackick, uh, who's the guy that? Yeah, <laughs> Yarmer Yager, who's actually passed Mario Lemieux on the scoring list in the NHL this week. Amazing feat there. Give him a little props right now. Uh, I'd like to see him get to a different team. I'm, I, I wonder if he'll get traded like he did last year. Because remember, he went to Dallas, a meh team. Got traded to Boston. Went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. And lost. But, man, really was a factor. He's really been outstanding <laughs> in his return to the NHL the last couple of years. Really, really cool. Hopefully he hangs on for a while. Um, actually, they're, believe it or not, the Devils are now above 500. But, yeah, I'm getting way off track already, but it's the whole point, the 100-point guys. The North Stars did have a couple, and the first two to do it <laughs> were in 1981 and 1982. Actually, the highest-scoring season in North Stars history was Bobby Smith in that season. In 80 games, he had 40 goals and 71 assists, good for 114 points. And the man, Dino Cicerelli, one of the most popular players in the history of Minnesota hockey, <laughs> A short guy, but a gritty, tough guy who had a lot of talent. Had a 55-goal season with 51 assists, 106 points. Awesome, awesome, awesome team. Neil Broughton missed 100 by only nine, uh, by only two points with a 98-point season. He had 38 goals and 60 assists. Really fun team to watch. Division champion team again. I mentioned them a while back. The only uh, division championship the North Stars got. <laughs> It's kind of sad when you think about that. One division championship. One. The Wild actually have a division championship. And a similar result where they went into the, the playoffs and lost right away. Ridiculous. Frustrating, isn't it? Uh, let's look at the other players that reached 100 over the course of time. Um, there's only a couple more, actually. Cicerelli was the only guy to do it twice, which is kind of sad, actually, to be quite honest with you. Um, it's just like, what the heck? <laughs> Brian Bellos, I think, no, Brian Bellos never did it. He came close. Neil Broughton did get a 100-point season, 85-86. So years later, he was able to eclipse the 100. 105 points, 29 goals, 76 assists in that year. An outstanding season for him. Oh, man, Neil Broughton. Before he got hurt, he was a stud in this league. Ah, man. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? (laughs) And then several years later, Dino Cicerelli did it again. 86-87, the last 100-point season for any Minnesota hockey team in the National Hockey League. Dino Cicerelli, 86-87, has mentioned 52 goals, 51 assists, 103 points. Not equal- So yes, Bobby Smith does hold the record for the highest-scoring single season in Minnesota NHL history. 
So we'll just call it Minnesota NHL, obviously, because it's North Stars and Wild. We're merging them together for this show. We're, we're doing that. We're doing that. But um, that's it. Those are the guys that reached 100 points. Just thought I'd mention, uh, bring that up. I mean, it's like you want to think about top goal scorers. You want to think about elite players in this league. And it seems like it's been working out kind of cool where I try to merge it with something that's going on in the, in the, in the, the league lately. And you're trying to compare that with the North Stars past. Um, it's, it's fun to do that. Yeah. I mean, Yarma Yager, one of the greatest scorers of all time, moving up that list and still playing as strong as he has. It is extremely impressive. And it's just like, man, you want the wild, you want the wild to have a guy like that. <laughs> but it's nice to think that the North Stars maybe could, uh, relate to something at times. And they had some elite scores at times. I mean, 50 goal scores, 55 goals for, uh, Dino Cicerelli was matched a few years later by Brian Bellos. 55. That's the highest uh, goal scorer, two highest goal scorers in the history of the Wild, or North Stars in in individual uh, season. So, very cool to see that. Let's move on to the Iowa Wild with a couple guys who have been improving of late. First and foremost, Brian Connolly leading the way in Iowa. He's a defenseman, and he's got six more points than anyone else on the team. 25 points in 39 games. Racking up a couple assists this week. And I believe he got a yes, he got a goal as well. But Zach Phillips has been moving up a bit. Very cool. He got a, he got a goal and a couple assists this last week. He's now third on the team in scoring and actually tied for second. That is really encouraging to see him moving up. And another guy who'd been real, real quiet, real quiet, but is a very you know he he is a prospect in this system. He's a legit prospect for the Wild. You know both Iowa and Minnesota, of course. Wild, Minnesota Wild hope he can be an NHL player someday, and he's making some making some ground now. Uh, he's or he's making some he's making some pace in the, in the right direction. Raphael Buceris has been racking up the points, goals and assists this week as well, moving up a bit. Very encouraging. I believe it was three games this week he registered a point. So and yes, that's true. Very solid week for him. Very encouraging for. Uh, a team that had really not been scoring at all. They had some nice games this week. The uh, did the I almost called them the Houston Arrows. So the Iowa Wild starting to move up a bit, starting to show a little bit of scoring punch, which is very encouraging. Again, nice to see guys that are prospects, not just career minor leaguers, making a little move forward. So there you go. That's that's a little encouraging sign there, and <laughs> it's nice to end on a positive note. And we are going to do that. Again, please do call into the phone line. We'd like to get a caller on here, 209-736-7877. Please do rate Brave the Wild on iTunes. It is oh so appreciated. Oh so appreciated if you could. And I will give you a shout-out on the show if you could be kind enough to do that. Give the Wild a ra- give Brave the Wild a rating on iTunes. Positive rating. Tell us what you like. Rock and roll. Would really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the other shows on the sportstuff.com, the crossover podcasts, which is a basketball show from a couple of really cool Australians named Rusty and P-Mac. They do the New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, and I do Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia on there. Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Vikings shows. So, yeah, two other Minnesota teams <laughs> podcasts on thesportstuff.com. So I want to thank all of you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Hopefully the Wild do indeed have a winning record again.